This is the Let's Go Win Podcast with your host, J.M. Ryerson. What's happening to you guys? Welcome back to a Tuesday tune-up on the Let's Go Win Podcast, where we are here to help you be happy, healthy, wealthy, and get better every single day. Reminder, share this with someone that you know, because we're going to be talking about something I am absolutely passionate about. We have an expert on it, and that is really exchanging your time for money versus owning equity. And I think everybody has this opportunity to not just exchange time for money. And I'm excited to have Paul David Thompson, who's going to talk to us all about it. He is a multi-talented professional. He is a number one best-selling author real estate investor, coach, lender, and family man. He leads the My Freedom Foundry podcast and PDT coaching, leveraging his experience to guide entrepreneurs, particularly in real estate. His mission is to break corporate cycles and foster success through mentorship, offering expertise and resources for starting or growing investment ventures. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you, man. I had a great time on your podcast and literally the topic we're talking about. I, I talk about this frequently. Yeah, I don't like to exchange my time for money, but I think it's a natural thing that most people fall into at sure. some point. But there are ways, real estate being a huge one, and I know that's really your expertise and something that you've done so well. But were you always in real estate? How'd you how'd you get into this game? No, I was a corporate drone for for seventeen years, and I uh, had a kind of a wake up call moment where I realized that uh, I wasn't in control, and I had to basically adjust and create my own personal economy so that I could be in control of my time and have enough residual income from my investments to comfortably cover my. Uh, living expenses so that I could spend my time doing the things that are most important to me. So how did you discover real estate? And I say that because I know people that when they, when they get into it, man, it's kind of like golf. Like when you catch the bug, it's like, Oh, I'm never getting away from this. They get hooked, man. Yeah. It's the thrill of the chase. It's finding a deal. It's like the diamond in the rough when you're like, Oh, uh, I can, you mean I can buy this piece of real estate that pays me an income and I can borrow money for it. And I feel confident that I'm buying it for a deep discount for what it's really worth. That's what gets your attention because you know, some of these transactions can be quite large and you can get 10, 20, sometimes 30% off the street value of these projects because you're finding a seller in a circumstance where they need to sell now. And time is more important than getting the most that they can for the property. Is your game more in creating that passive income, Paul? Is it really building up large and and continuing to, you know, triple your money, double your money, and then keep growing? How did you do it? Because Mm -hmm. there's so many facets to real estate. I mean, we have commercial, we have residential, we have commercial real estate specifically for business. So what sector did you really, I'm sure you, you're a lender as well. So you're probably in several facets, but what's the area of your expertise? Sure. I started in single family. And when I wanted to really scale, I realized that I probably need to jump into the commercial space where I could buy an apartment complex, where I could buy a 40 unit apartment complex, which is not 40 times harder than buying a single uh, family house. It's 
it's harder for sure, but it's not 40 times harder. So it allows you to scale, you get economies of scale. And that's really kind of where the space that I'm in now is in the commercial space, uh, because I've figured out that just because you don't have $10 million in your back pocket doesn't prevent you from being able to get into uh, uh, at least a portion of these bigger projects. Yeah. And that's, you know, you talk about syndications, there's mm-hmm. different types of, you know, whether you want to be owner operator or you just yep. want to invest. And I, I think this would be a great time for anybody that's even remotely interested because the word real estate investing, when you say that, that concept, there's a lot to it, but yep. it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You could go in, invest you know, a, a couple thousand bucks and, and really learn the game. So if I was brand new to the game and you're like, mm-hmm. look, this is where I would start. What would you say to somebody listening right now where it's like, let's, let's break down some of these terms, what that looks like, sure. what is a syndication, you know, cause I think people have heard it, but yeah. often people don't raise their hand to say, I don't get it. And I'm understand. that guy. I'll just say, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. So when you're talking about what a syndication is, and then I'll talk about kind of like the best investments for people, but let's just kind of set the table real quick for what a syndication is. And it's simply a structure that allows people to pool money to fund a particular project. So let's say we find a 327 unit apartment complex in San Antonio, Texas, and it's worth $70 million. Most people don't have $70 million in their back pocket, even very sophisticated uh, and experienced uh, syndicators don't have that kind of cash. So what they do is they get a loan for the property for a percentage of it. And then the other equity that they need to raise, they kind of go out there and shake their trees and work their network and offer a piece of the deal to investors like you and me that say, yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested. I'd like to get involved. I have maybe fifty, hundred thousand dollars of cash that I can deploy and I want in. And then they offer you some details on what they expect the return to be and kind of what their exit strategy is. That's typically what a syndication is and why people would be interested in getting started that way, because you can get into a deal for a relatively small investment in the scheme of a $70 million project. Got it. Now, one of the things that most real estate guys, they love debt, man. When I talk to people, they're like, I am, I'm this much in debt in terms of this is how much I have leveraged. And so often people think debt, that's bad. That's a, Mm -hmm. that's something to avoid where a lot of real estate guys are like, look, the higher my debt number is the better I know I'm doing. What is that? When I say that, what misconceptions or things am I throwing out there? Because I want people to understand that leveraging your money is, is a good thing, but there's also a way to do it well and a way to not do it so well. So what, what do you, when I say that raising your debt is a good thing in terms of leveraging it, what, what does that look like for the layman? Yeah. When you're thinking about real estate, one of the advantages of real estate is that it it can, you can inherently borrow against it because its value is fairly intrinsic. It it can't pick up and walk off, right? It's it's a physical piece of property and there's some value to it. And so that's why banks like to use real estate as collateral for loans. And so when you're talking about you know, is leverage or debt good or bad? It's probably a, a, a flawed 
thing to say is because no one thing is typically all good or all bad. There is inherent risk when you take on debt. So don't let anybody ever uh, talk you out of the fact that you are taking on risk when you're taking on debt. However, you can strategically, you can cleverly, you can uh, carefully take on debt to control a, an asset when you don't have, for example, $70 million to buy a big old apartment complex. Like if, if you ran around and tried to find $70 million in cash, you just probably wouldn't be able to pull it off. But banks have already done that ahead of time and they have the best rates that you can get for borrowed money in most cases. So you use them as kind of like a partner in the project. And of course, they're going to make sure they get theirs. And that's the aspect of it that you want to make sure you understand the risks that you're taking and you want to very carefully underwrite a project to feel very confident that you can comfortably cover the, your debt load based on the, the projected incomes that you forecast that you'll get because you're a good operator and you've done your due diligence. Yeah, and I think that's where the advantage of just getting into whether it's a syndication or doing something where I don't know what I'm researching. I, I yeah. look, real estate's not something that I claim to be an expert in, sure. but I see people that that do, and so it's like, look, man, if you have some cash, uh, you know, sitting around that you'd love to put into play, mm -hmm. diversify your portfolio, so it's right. not just in stocks, it's not just in you know crypto or whatever people are doing, <laughs> but yeah. you know. One of the things that I've heard and that I think is a really brilliant statement, name someone that has done extremely well financially that didn't have some of their portfolio in real estate. And I couldn't come up with an answer. Everyone yeah. that I know that has done a sizable, um, you know, um, they've built their, 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 their nest egg up. They've always had real estate as part of it. Yeah. Um, so I, again, I don't know if there's a real question then in there other than I want people to understand what that looks like and having some of these experts on your side to do the research, you mm -hmm. can get involved and that's probably a good way to put your foot in the, in the door. It is. It's if so, if you want exposure to real estate in your portfolio and we can maybe talk about why you would or would in a second, but if, if you just like, you're curious about real estate, you, you want to see what it's like getting involved in a syndication or a real estate investment trust is a way to kind of get some exposure to it. And you can go to this kind of, you know, these crowdfunding type places where you can put in, you know, a thousand dollars, the, the upside of that is that it's a very low investment. The downside is that you're not going to really learn that much about the project because you're not really involved in any way. Whereas with a syndication, a more classic syndication, typically there's like a minimum of fifty dollars to $100,000. And in that way, you can get a little more exposure to real estate and you are much more involved in the operations of the, of the syndication. You're not making any calls, but you're getting updated on what the general partner team is doing what the sponsor team is doing in a way that you wouldn't so much from a publicly traded company that, that does a read or something. So why, if I wanted to do it, why should I get in right now? And I'm, I'm going to ask the convert the opposite question shortly, but sure. why should you get invest, get in real estate now? What, what are some of the benefits you're seeing today? So, just in principle, why you should invest and why real estate might be a good choice for you is that you basically you want to get your money working for you and working harder than you're working yourself. 
so much of what we're trained to do is to be employees. And we spend all of our time using our time as the thing that we are monetizing. But that is the only resource that we have that does not renew. Like you can go and make more money, but you can't go and make more of your own. Like you, you, we're only going to live so many days of our lives. And when you are exchanging a piece of that for some cash, it's a kind of a poor exchange of value. If you think about it, not use the cash that you have to go and work harder, to go make more of its own soldiers, instead of having to use your own time to, to deploy it. And the reason real estate might be that is because uh, it's a fairly stable asset in the scheme of things. It, It can go up, it can go down, but it's not nearly as volatile as crypto markets for sure. And certainly not as volatile as the stock market, which can be you know, it, it is just paper that you're buying and it can go to nothing. Whereas when you're buying a little slice of real estate, you have some interest in a physical thing that it, it's barring some sort of, you know, natural disaster. It, it can't just disappear and go, go to nothing. It, it, there is some utility to that piece of land. Is there reason, any reason why I shouldn't get involved right now where it's like, you know, you hear people say the market's too high, the mm-hmm. rates are too high. There's always a reason somebody has not to get into it. What are you seeing right now, Paul? And and I, I have a follow-up to that. Okay. I think it's always interesting, again, not being a real estate expert. Yeah. But when people say that, it's it's funny to me because real estate only goes up. I mean, historically, if you look at it, it goes up. I'm not saying pockets don't sometimes sure. go down a little bit, but overall speaking, what it was in the 70s or the 80s or the 90s, it continues to rise. Mm. So is there a reason not to get involved? I mean, maybe there's a reason. I'm just not seeing it. Hmm. Well, it depends on your current life situation and your current life goals. So if you're retired and you need a consistent form of cash flow and you cannot afford to lose that cash, that cash should probably not put be put into anything that is ext- extremely volatile. So, and that includes r- real estate. So there's certainly um, a, a rational, reasonable re- reason to not be in, in invested in real estate or even the stock market. But if you're looking to grow your capital, if you're looking to take a uh, risk-adjusted uh, uh, risk or risk adjusted return based on, I think that the possibility of making this investment is going to give me some sort of upside. That's the reason you invest in some sort of equities or some sort of a real estate project so that you can get the potential upside. So in in this current market cycle, there is a huge demand for, for real property. We have in the U S our population continues to grow and our demand for housing is be way below supply. So there is a huge problem in the marketplace. And I like betting on things where the trends are going in my favor. And in the case of real estate, I'm betting on people need a place to live. That's fundamentally what I'm, what I believe in um, barring some really weird change in humanity. That's going to stay the same. Do you set a timeline of how long you're committing to this? I'm going to be in this for a year, five years, 30 years. Do you set it with each door as you guys call it? Like I I know many guys are like, I have a thousand doors around the country that, you know, that's when they're talking about their passive income, how much they have coming in. But do you really go in with the mindset of I'm going to keep it for X X amount of time? I'm a long-term investor. So I think in principle, um, my philosophy is that I want to hold something that I believe is going to go up in value and pay me uh, 
a dividend or return over time. So I like that. Whereas in, in the stock market, it's kind of hard to buy a stock that has the potential of having significant appreciation and pays you a dividend. Whereas real estate tends to have the opportunity to appreciate and can pay you cash flow from renting or leasing out the property. So I, I'm a big believer in real estate for that reason. And so fundamentally, I like being in the market and being exposed to the 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 broad sense of it. And over time, I believe that the likelihood of it going up is high. So I'm not trying to time the market. I'm trying to spend time in the market. And that applies for both the stock market and for real estate. Timing the market is, I think it's for most people, kind of a fool's errand. You, you want to buy a piece of asset, have, have an equity and ownership of something that has the potential to go up. And then you make a decision based on your current um, life cycle, your current season of life and your tax situation as to when it makes sense to sell. Yeah. And what, my follow-up is what is the, the one mistake that you see people make that you're like, gosh, please stop doing this. People, yeah. I'm going to say it's emotional for me. It's, it's, it's making a poor emotional decision. Right. And that's not just real estate. That's, you know, as Watch. markets go up and down, right. trying yeah. to time those markets. Yeah. But what's the one mistake you see where you're like, come on, guys, please stop doing this? Well, I would say I, mean, I can cover a couple of quick ones. One of them is trying to time the market and think you're smarter than what's going to, and you actually can predict the future. You can't stop trying to. Uh, you want to bet on these big socioeconomic trends that are happening, and the likelihood of those coming out to your favor is high because of the likelihood of the outcome. Like I know a hurricane is coming, so I'm going to bet on the fact that I need to leave town, right? Could it turn? Of course it could. But the likelihood of it hitting Florida the next couple hours is very high. So if I were to bet on whether or not there's going to be a, a, a trend towards that behavior, I know what it is. Same way with real estate, same way with stocks, same way with any kind of asset or equity. I have a sense of, or the uh, based on show information, you can see that there's a sense that there's certain behavior is going to happen on a macro scale. I want to make bets based on that. Um, on the other side of mistake that people make is not investing at all, is sitting on cash and just saving. And some people have hundreds of thousands of dollars that are not invested. And I think that's a huge mistake unless you know exactly what you're doing and you need that cash in the short term. A lot of people are just nervous. They just make no decision. And so their dollars are not working for them in any meaningful way. In fact, they're losing to inflation. And that's often one of the biggest risks that you make. It's not taking any risk at all. Yeah, no, I agree with that, especially as inflation has continued. I mean, that money, you're yeah. losing money sitting in the bank. Like there's right. no question about it. Just look yeah. at, do the math with the interest. Uh, Paul, what don't I know enough to ask you that you you want to make sure to get across before we start to wrap this up? Sure. Because you're a wealth of knowledge. I could talk for days and come mm -hmm. up with questions. Yep. But the truth is, I want to I want to give you this open mic moment where you can say, you know what, Jamie, you should have known enough to ask this. Yes, the fundamental principle or takeaway that I would suggest everybody take from this is that you want to create an example a scenario where you are doing a one-to-many transaction. When you're exchanging your time for money, that's a one-for-one one transaction. If I'm a realtor and I do a real estate transaction and I get a, a commission, it's a fine way to make a living, but that's a one-to-one -one transaction. I will never get paid for that transaction ever again. Instead, you want to also own 
assets. You want to own the equity of these assets that pay you over time. So it's a one to many transaction. So in the case of the real estate agent example, being a broker and owning a brokerage is being a business owner. So you own equity in the business and you get paid every time the business makes money. Same way with real estate. I want to own assets that pay me for the next 5, 10, 20, 30 years, as long as I own the asset. And that's a one to many transaction. So it's the difference is thinking linearly versus thinking in a, in a parabolic way. So you want to find a do things in your life that have a fundamental parabolic response versus a one-to-one exchange of value. That's really, really smart advice. And absolutely is when I have followed it, it's served me extremely well. Yeah. Uh, brother, if people want to learn more about what you're doing, I know uh, you're out in the Arkansas area and I know you, mm-hmm. you do real estate all over lending through the country, but yep. if they wanted to really reach out to you, Paul, where, where's the best place to find you, brother? Yeah, the best place to find me is on my website, uh, pauldavidthompson.com, spelled about the way you would expect those names to be spelled. And I'm sure you can drop that in the show notes. It's pauldavidthompson.com. I also run a fund for accredited investors, and we offer a 12% return for investors. And you can find us at uh, onecallcapital.com, the number one callcapital.com. Awesome. Well, brother, I literally, every time I talk to you, I learned something about real estate and it's such an amazing industry if it's done right. So congrats on your success, man. And thank you for being here. You were awesome. Thanks for having me. Guys, everybody has real estate. It's probably something everybody should have in their portfolio. If like Paul said, you're looking to grow, you're looking to put your money into use get in touch with him. Check it out. I, I've checked out a couple of things Paul's done. It's awesome. He's so knowledgeable. And having that passive income work for you, it's amazing. Instead of you always trading your time for your money, share this with someone that you know and love, care about, get it out to them. Let's keep growing the Let's Go Win podcast. And remember, your mindset matters. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. If this content is delivering value to you, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. That helps us build this community, and that is what we are all about. Building this community as big as we can, helping as many people as we can, and deliver as much value as possible. Be sure to head over to letsgowinpodcast.com for information on my coaching courses, and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Let's Go Win 365. Let's go win and transcend in life. This is the Let's Go Win Podcast with your host, J.M. Ryerson.